Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, a podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood has a chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them. And joining us this week is a special guest from the world of Hollywood, where movies are greenlit and redlit, remade and rebooted. He tries to make the ideal. Please welcome Sam Gash. Hi, everybody. It's nice to meet you all. Uh, I use uh, he, him pronouns, and it is cool to be here with you both today. Yes, it's very cool to have you. Uh, Thank you so much for inviting me. This is going to be super fun. I I felt like we kind of had to. Since I, when I found out about your show, I'm like, oh, we kind of cover similar bases. Yeah, they are definitely, here. definitely similar podcasts. That is, that is for sure true. And I liked that you gave my intro as basically the, the intro to my podcast. That was clever, and I liked it a lot. Oh, thank you. So before we get to lost in the sauce, Tam, how Sam? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're already lost. Um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Ah, so my name is Sam Gash. I'm originally from Tucson, Arizona. Uh, I moved to Los Angeles in September of 2010 when I initially moved here to pursue acting. But uh, what I kind of discovered since being here is that I sort of enjoy writing more than I enjoy acting because I started writing sketches and putting friends in different things and filming stuff. And I really, really like doing that. So I started learning more, doing more and getting more and more into writing. And to the point where a couple years ago I was actually able to join the Writers Guild, which is super duper cool. Um, nice. I, co- I co-wrote a movie that filmed a couple years ago, and because of that, that's how I gained admittance. So, woo! And so now it's like figuring out what the second thing is going to be. So, um, yeah, I write all sorts of stuff, generally comedic things, often like kind of younger skewing, but it, I don't know, fun stuff, I guess. Uh, I have a podcast which is called ideal remake where we take movies that have been will be or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be which is a similar premise to not if i reboot you first (laughs) so they're they're definitely sibling podcasts yeah i mean arguably we have attempted to make our products worse on some of our episodes (laughs) um mighty ducks does come to mind (sighs) i mean (laughs) fair I can't say that all of the re- uh, remakes we've done have been as ideal as they probably could be, <laughs> but we're trying really hard. Because well, because the, there's some movies where we're like, this is something that's going to be rebooted, but you should never remake Princess Bride. With that in mind, here's the best possible option. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we try with ours. Yeah. It- yeah. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what have you brought for us today? I talked to Tanner a little bit about this beforehand. I kind of came in with two options. One somewhat follows the pattern of what you've done before, and one's a little bit of a left field kind of playing to the the room a little bit. So the two options are I've brought in a TV show. It's uh, a 90s animated cartoon called Reboot, (laughs) which felt like the most appropriate thing for me to bring in to the point where I was legitimately worried someone had brought it in already. Well, we did do an April Fool's episode where we pretended to be a fan podcast for the Reboot Reboot. Oh, well, that was a bad one. Oh, well, yeah. But we have not legitimately rebooted Reboot. Fair enough. The important thing is I also brought in, I didn't do enough research. Uh, I didn't, I've also brought in a second option and it's because of everything that's going on right now, movie theaters. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And so that it kind of is a break from your normal format, but I'm like, that kind of feels like something that needs to be talked about right now, especially since AMC is fighting with Universal and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. my gosh, I kind of want to talk about movie theaters then, because that's such a big brain idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. So let's do that. Yeah. It's not like we haven't talked about rebooting an industry before. <laughs> yeah, we oh, we tried our hand at the comic books earlier. That was... Eh. Mm. <laughs> Might happen now that Black <laughs> Diamond is self-destructed. I don't even know what that is. Oh, they're the company that has a monopoly on printing all the comics, and now that they can't actually send any product out... 
comics mm. aren't real anymore, I guess. I guess you're going to have to go down to the, what is it, blue squares? <laughs> <laughs> we got some bunny trail comics here. Look, I, I'm from Arizona. You should be very proud of me for making that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but like, I mean, cause think that when I was thinking about this, I felt like the obvious answer, cause I have friends who have gone to the movies while under quarantine, but they've gone to drive-in movies. And <sighs> while that's good, like, that's a big environmental problem. Cause for some people, you can just turn on the electricity in your car and just run your car that way. But I have a Prius. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a very seasonal thing too. So. Yeah, again, I'm from Arizona. I didn't even consider seasons. <laughs> huh. Yeah, we come Makes from sense. North American Siberia. So, yeah, winter I is mean, completely out of the question. My dad's from Montreal. I should know stuff. I've got I've got Canadian dual citizenship. It's not oh, nice. deep uh, it's not deep Saskatchewan, but I'm doing my best. Well, here in deep Saskatchewan. <laughs> No, I know. <laughs> we have we have three seasons: hot, cold, and construction, and they change weekly. Yeah, that's Montreal too. Yeah, I lived over in Ottawa for two years. Very similar situation. Yeah, but yeah. So, like, with that in mind, you can't really do a drive-in movie theater if you can't if it's like iced off. Yeah, it's like only having like four months where you can make money from it, like. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so like with, so I'm tr- like, I, the honest truth is I don't know. And I was interested in having this conversation about movie theaters. Like, what can we do? Especially, so I don't know when this episode is going to go up, but one of the things that's currently going on in the news is AMC kind of just made this grand sweeping declaration that they're not going to be showing any movies produced by Universal anymore. And they're making that sweeping declaration because Universal released Trolls. They made a bunch of money and they're like, we're just going to release everything on demand now. And that's really bad for movie theaters. So what are we going to do? What's, uh, how, how are we going to fix this? It really comes down to how much industries are going to be willing to allow people in the closed area. And I'm of the opinion that once everything gets sorted out, even though, it, oh gosh, it might take like two years, but once we have a handle on things, I feel like a lot of stuff is going to go back to normal, and that does include theaters and concert venues and all that kind of stuff, where we're still going to put like 30 people, 50 people in a room together, and they're going to watch a movie. There's also the distinct possibility that they will say, like, this unilaterally, it's too much of a risk, and we can only allow X amount of people, and they have to be this distance apart, and all of that. And the fact that Universal has realized that there's such a better option for home viewing than, like, okay, AMC has blocked them, which is a bizarre statement, but Universal probably doesn't care. I I think they're going to end up figuring it out and resolving it, but it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like, you made a broad sweeping statement, we'll make a broad sweeping statement, but let's talk about it later. Yeah. Yeah, sort of like the whole Sony Disney Spider-Man thing. Exactly. Almost exactly like that, yeah. Yeah. Some people have custody battles to cope. (laughs) (laughs) Like, movie theaters themselves are going to get hit really hard by this. I have a friend who was a manager at an Arclight, which I don't know how prevalent that is, because we have them in LA, I don't know if they're outside of uh, this, but basically he was a manager and Arclight fired all of its employees, and a lot of those employees aren't going to go back, and Arclight's just not going to make money for a while and that's gonna really hurt them and they like there are some chains that are just going to go under yeah Yeah. our big chain cineplex i'm i haven't heard what they've done with their employees but um our friend used to work for cineplex and he didn't exactly have a great experience other than taking care of the employees exactly and like making sure that the people who work for you are taken care of because that will ensure you know loyalty and Turn like turnover, but fancier. Yeah, let's just say turnover. Yeah, we're fancy people, but we use the word turnover. <laughs> it's a legitimate word. <laughs> yeah, but like, but but in terms of like the actual thing, because like you're sitting in seats that people have been sitting in. You're pretend like depending on the theater, if you're going to like a like a, a like a Roadhouse Cinema or something where people are eating at, like people are getting stuff all over the seats. People are touching everything. We're leaning back. I mean. 
I don't know if people will feel safe to go make out in the back row of a, of a movie theater anymore. <laughs> it's trying times is what I'm saying. Yes. So let's see. Aside from the whole cleanliness situation, because I've always felt kind of weird about all the pop that tends to end up on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it, when it comes to sanitary stuff, my, my thinking is, if you haven't caught something from going to the theater already, they were probably doing a good enough job. It's like, it's the same deal with like, I've had people say, oh, I can't believe you're ordering takeout from restaurants. Like, how do you know if they're cleaning stuff properly? And I tell them, well, if they weren't cleaning stuff properly, if they're not cleaning stuff properly now, they probably weren't cleaning stuff properly before. And considering I've ordered from these places time and time again and nothing's happened, clearly they were already up to snuff. Clearly they're already following the proper hygiene <laughs> that we need. And Maybe. so, ideally, the movie theater is going to be cleaning stuff. And that's more like a, I guess it is a business thing. But like, I would like to hope that theaters are cleaning enough no, I can't finish that statement because I'm thinking of all the times I start walking to my seat and my shoes just go stick, 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 stick. Yeah, I mean, do you really trust the 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 mopping skills of a 16-year-old who's earning minimum wage? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so We need to... We need a breakdown. Why do we go to the theater? Yeah. And I think it can be summed up by one of those clips that went was kind of like making the rounds when shutdown first happened. They were like, uh, there was this clip of here is opening night of Avengers Endgame when Cap picks up the hammer. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this moment of just this theater going nuts. And that's the sort of thing where you might be watching a movie on your own or even with a few friends, but being in a room full of people, having this shared experience of seeing something for the first time, or in Last Jedi, when they do the Holdo maneuver. I saw that movie a couple times in theaters, and every single time, the theater went silent, and then someone in the way back swore. And it was awesome. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast. <laughs> oh, we're very much a cussing podcast. Go ahead. Okay, cool. And like, th so the first time I saw it, someone in the very back just went, shit. <laughs> and then the second time, I was like, fuck. And it was, like, amazing, just because, like, like they said out loud what everyone in the theater was thinking, and it was amazing. Because it's just this big visual thing, and you need that shared group experience sometimes, yeah. depending on the movie. Yeah, like, theater has been in our culture since very ancient times, um, and uh, there, oh, I forget which philosopher, Greek guy, uh, he spoke about like why people like theater and what the plays do because that's what they were doing and it's all about that catharsis and it's really great in a group to have that yeah i think of a sophocles i said aristophanes so, er, er, <laughs> wait no aristophanes might have been doing something else it's the frogs of aristophanes socrates that's the guy because plays are broken up into pre-socratic and socratic Look at me, the history major who never took a single <laughs> classics course. <laughs> You're doing great. As long as you know what a man is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Demosthenes. <laughs> I don't I don't get it, but I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. Oh, wasn't wasn't it Diogenes who who messed with him? Oh yeah, Diogenes, uh the the famous cynic, uh, he threw a plucked chicken into a crowd to refute another okay, philosopher's so, definition of a man. <laughs> yeah, there was a philosopher who said that a man is a hairless biped, and then Diogenes walks in with a plucked chicken and says, Behold a man! And then the first guy's like, No, it has broad flat nails, too! <laughs> and then I think he just like pushed him into a well or something. Good, I like it. <laughs> anyway, the reason why we go to a theater is for that communal experience of, like, big emotions. Yes. Which is easier to have in a group than on your own. Like, I've watched comedy specials, I've done little giggles, but when I'm with someone, the laughs get louder. Yeah. I think that's true. The other thing is because you have to fight. Like, the reason why theaters exist as separate from studios is there's a resolution in something. And I feel like someone who's really good at history might know the answer to this. Uh, <laughs> it was a whole uh, monopoly thing because back in the early yeah. days, the studios owned the theaters. 
Yep. And the reason why that's a problem is because if they own both the means of production and the distribution, they own the entire chain of making a thing. Yeah. And that's a problem because if they create an oligopoly, they can just control their own prices. And now we're fucked. Yeah. And we're already heading in that direction with things like Disney Plus, with the Peacock, with every single studio and channel making their own distribution model online, making their own Netflix. They're now controlling the means of distribution. And the studios want to cut out the movie theaters. The studios want theaters to die because that way they get to have complete control again. So purely from an economic perspective... We have to make sure they survive. Yeah, and they're already at a disadvantage because movie theaters have to basically rent the films from the studios. Mm -hmm. So that's why concession tends to be really expensive. They're actually making their money from that as opposed to making money from ticket sales. I mean, you can't go see a movie without getting peanut M&Ms. This is the law and we must respect (laughs) it. (laughs) That is true. Uh, Yeah, I... I have gone to theaters with friends who they don't have enough money to buy snacks, so I will buy popcorn for them and say, it's not the same. You need the popcorn. The popcorn tastes better with the movie, and the movie is better with the popcorn. <laughs> Plus, you're in Canada, so you have the, the, the popcorn toppings. Not necessarily. Not all of them. It depends on which uh, Cineplex you go to. Probably yeah, in a bigger yeah. city. Not here. No, the fanciest thing is the really weird poutines. <laughs> I'll have to take your word for it. (laughs) (laughs) Though I am now thinking. See, because, yeah, snacks. And also, like, you mentioned how, like, people who go to, like, a place like the Alamo and they're having full meals there, that could also be a hygiene issue. Except... Alamo. Alamo, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Alamo. Alamo-lomo-no-mo-no. So you go to the Alamomola Theater. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> but what if we took, what if instead of putting dinner in the movie theater, what if we put the movie theater in the restaurant? And it's a, it's a smaller communal experience, but it's still a communal experience. And you go into like, um, I'm trying to think of a restaurant that's at least one step up from fast food, a Boston pizza. Because oh, I, I was just thinking the concept of if if the restaurant is focusing on the food and they're going, also going to focus on making sure the food is hygienic, but also they just so happen to have a large screen on one wall that is playing a new movie. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. And it's a smaller group of people, and you are a little bit more spaced out, but it's still that communal experience. It can still have people cheering when Captain America picks up the hammer, and there's still a little kid who can throw their entire dessert at you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, have either of you been to, like, an Alamo Drafthouse-style theater? Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't have those. Um, and I don't think the movie theaters here in Saskatchewan serve booze. I know that over in Ontario, you can get booze in the theaters. Same with Quebec. Alberta. Yeah, yeah, it depends on the theater. Yeah. There's there's a, a theater in Los Angeles that's literally a 21 and up theater. Children cannot get into this theater, and you can it's just booze everywhere. <laughs> Wow. Nice. Uh, but uh, what I was going to say is at these theaters, they really only serve like pizza, burgers, and popcorn. And the reason why is because you avoid cutlery. Mm. Yes. One for the reason of less things to take to take care of and clean up, but also cutlery is loud. Cutlery makes noise. Like kind of the diegetic sound of a restaurant is cutlery clinking on plates, even uh, yeah, avoiding the talking. Yeah. So I think... The idea of, I mean, not necessarily a fast food restaurant, but it's a restaurant that serves finger food. You know what it actually, what we need? Because I do think you're right, and I think you need to focus on the food first. Have either of you been to a Medieval Times? I went to something like a Medieval Times in Florida. It was like an Arab-style version of it. Okay. <laughs> Orlando is I, weird. <laughs> I won't I won't deny that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, horse and pony show plus belly dancing, it was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the I went to a medieval times for the first time last summer, so like as an adult. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like it's one of those things where like as the experience was happening, I kind of was a little bit tentative about it, but it's one of those things where the further away I get from it, the more I'm like, you know what? That was cool. Yeah. That lady with the hawk knew what she was doing, and then horses did stuff, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> It was worth having them spill soup all over my friend. 
Oh, no. <laughs> but it was worth traumatizing my brother with a horse cock. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's what happened. <laughs> uh, but they serve like chicken legs and bread and soup and things. And there's no utensils. You have to literally eat everything with your hands. Yeah. Which is disgusting. There's no sound. <laughs> Sorry, my brother is now staring at me. <laughs> he probably repressed that memory. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fair. <laughs> um, like if you were okay, if you were to go to medieval times dinner theater, yeah, you probably would only be able to watch specific movies, like. I'd go to a restaurant like that to watch Shang-Chi. I'm not going to go watch Carol. Yeah. What if they served what if they served everyone tomato soup? Uh, I don't know. Is tomato soup the lesbian of dinner theater? <laughs> I don't know. New Twitter poll. <laughs> and you, hey, ask the question, get the surprising answer. <laughs> But what if you went to a theater where they were literally catering the meals to the movie you were going to watch? Ooh. Oh, I would like that. I mean, I feel like movie theaters and cinema in general is already moving towards kind of the big blocks, big, big blockbuster. And what we're kind of pitching, like, even if we did a medieval times style movie experience, what happens to the the hundred seat, like, tiny art house theaters what do we do then well here's another thing i was thinking that if worse comes to worse and every studio ends up with their own streaming service and they just pull all their stuff out of theaters the like every theater is really only going to be able to go off of like more independent stuff or old stuff that's in the vaults that's falling into the public domain or like stuff like that mm -hmm. so even though it's not a i'm kind of um being super optimistic that this could happen in the worst case scenario, but it is possible that if all the blockbusters go directly to streaming, then theaters become more focused on art house and indie cinema. Or blockbusters become a bit more seasonal. So instead of having like almost constant blockbusters, they do like screenings, say in the summer when everybody's out of school, because they know that they can make a shit ton of money there and people do want to see those movies on a big screen in a theater. Yeah, that might. that's another thing is that because a lot of the stuff that is coming directly to streaming, there have been, like, probably not universal now, but a lot of companies have said, oh, and we'll theatrically release this once it is viable. Now, I don't know if that's still an option, but I do think that people people would still go see a movie they really like on the big screen, even if it's, like, 10 years old. That's true. People do definitely do that. Yeah. But is I'm... that going to be what movie theaters are? Just going to, it just ha just going to see The Room? At, at, no. At just midnight screenings and... Uh... Other other stuff like that? Well, absolutely not. There'll also be a 5 p.m. screening to get kids introduced to the Digimon movie. <laughs> Which one? Well. Because <laughs> there's the Digimon movie, and then there's the other Digimon movie that's a combination of, like, four other Digimon shorter movies. And then there's the one with the Digimon, uh, uh, the next generation one, where they're fighting... The rabbit guy who gets possessed, and then in the next season, he's the big... I don't remember. It was like Devamon or something. I don't know. Are we going to get into this? Because we can get into this. Let's talk about Digimon. <laughs> okay, well, here's the thing. So d there were three short Japanese films that co combined into a single theater-length the theater American film that was dubbed, and that was Digimon the movie. That's the one with the banger ska 90s soundtrack. Right. And then... <laughs> There was, like, four other theatrical-length Digimon movies that were only Japan-exclusive, except at some point in the 2010s, like, the old dubbing company got the rights back to them, and they just dubbed them all and released them all on YouTube. I don't know if they're still there, but you can definitely watch, like, a dubbed version of the O2 movie and the Tamers movie and the Frontier movie with the original voice casts. There's also the all-CGI X Evolution movie that was never dubbed, as far as I can tell, and then there were the six Digimon Tri movies, and at least the first one was dubbed, because me and Lindsay saw that in theaters, but I have no idea if the other ones were dubbed. And then there was The Last Evolution Kazuna, which was the one where, like, Tai and Agumon's final adventure, and that was, like, released a week before the new anime, which I've only seen the first two episodes of. But 
I'd go watch that in the theater because of what they did in episode two that had me reeling on my own in my room. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that the way to save uh, the AMCs of the world is to have them warp digivolve with the ring from Gatomon's tail is what we're saying? Yes. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Worth everyone's time. This is uh, yeah. a good tangent. Movie theaters. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> anyway, I saw Death of Stalin with my dad in a tiny little movie theater, old independent thing, and it was like down the hill from the University of Ottawa, but also like down the street from the bad part of Ottawa. <laughs> There's a, oh no, do people not apologize? It <laughs> is the poutine laced- by a panhandler for a couple minutes, but otherwise it's okay. A panhandler. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, no, there's uh, other stuff that goes on in Ottawa that's probably way worse. It is a it is a national capital. But um tsh. I I swear I was working in a grocery store that was next to some sort of like spy listening post cuz the <laughs> radio would like fade out every time we got near there. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so like, if ga- like, so if pandemics are something that might start occurring more regularly, and with global warming, that's not outside the realm of possibility. What happens? Because those small movie theaters are also some of my favorite movie-going experiences. Just find like this super tiny going to see a random movie, or going to see a movie that's been out of the theaters for a month and a half, two months, and it's like it's you in a theater with. 10 other people maybe yeah yeah i love that and also it's an excuse to eat peanut m&ms which as i've stated are a necessity (laughs) i mean i don't need a movie to eat peanut m&ms so yeah but they don't taste as good i don't know i mean i had a stash in my cupboard right beside my desk for like a month they were great (laughs) hold on you were leaving your peanut m&ms in the cupboard and not in the fridge or freezer i don't know if we can be friends (laughs) i'm not sure how you eat a frozen peanut m&m you're gonna (laughs) Hurt your teeth. Deliciously. Well, hold on. Do you, how do you eat Thin Mints? Are Thin Mints also covered or Thin Mints also go in the fridge or freezer? I don't eat Thin Mints because chocolate and mint together is a very precarious precipice. All right, we're fighting now. We're in a fight. (laughs) I'll eat, I'll eat the mint chip ice cream if it's like a scoop and a cone on a hot day. I'm mad about this. This is. (laughs) I'll eat the thin mints regardless of temperature, so. But, so, so what can we do? What, like, like, if being in, especially if being in crowds, because how long do you think it's going to be before you two are comfortable being in a crowd of people? Uh, I, I don't, see, it's different. I feel like there's a difference between sitting in a movie theater where everyone is sitting and doing the same thing and looking ahead, and the proximity isn't a problem. That's different from when I'm in a grocery store and there's people coming around and moving and I I can visibly see them not doing anything to protect themselves or protect other people. Like, I I try not to talk about working customers on this podcast, but I have to say that it is the worst feeling when you see customers, either they're not social distancing or they're social distancing from other customers and get right up next to you in the process and don't even bat an eye. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I made this joke to a friend of mine. There's, I was like, the great thing about Los Angeles is that everyone has a mask. You can see them holding them in their hands when they go for walks. <sighs> yep. Yeah, so people are dumb, but like the institute, like Disneyland is closed. If Disneyland is closed, what is Disneyland going to have to do? and Or what does it have to wait for before it can open? Like what change do they have to make? It's not just waiting this thing out. Because theoretically, this is something that might happen again. Yeah. But people are and still going to go to a theater regardless, I think. Yeah, we've seen the pictures of beaches. People yeah. are going to go anyway. But how are we, as the omnipotent uh, masters of all, going to fix this situation so that hopefully people die slightly less? It, it really does come down to... <laughs> we, we might We might have gone to Galaxy Brain because it really is a matter of when is it safe to be in a crowd again, not just for the sake of theaters, but for the sake of any kind of social gathering. And then with that, you have to go on like a government level. And 
implement things that will protect people from pandemics and deal with them as they occur and can institute guidelines so that we can basically starve out any virus or disease going on by enabling people to stay at home for the length they need in order to ensure that they are not infected by anything. And certain third world countries like America don't necessarily have that in place, so I don't know when that'll be a thing we can do. But for these, for the small mom and pop theater and for the big chain, two, three, four months of no business is gonna, they probably can't go through that again. Yes. So what can we put in place? Like, what's something that we can change? I, I can see, I can see a, a maximum being put on like how big a theater can get. Mm-hmm. And how big a uh, new theaters, theaters yeah, that new are being theaters. built. Yeah. And they'll probably have to refurbish already existing theaters. I like I still do believe that smaller mom and pop theaters have a better chance than the larger ones because they would be able to open sooner because they already have a smaller capacity. I think it's true. I think one of the things that we're kind of skating around is that between each screening they probably have to do a full clean of the high area touch zones of the yeah. various seats. Yeah. You gotta clean the headrests. You gotta clean the, the, the arm rests. I, I can see the ending of like the AMX, like the full, like really nice seating. So you get something that's easier to clean than uh fake leather, say just like solid plastic. Well, or metal or something. Yes and no, because I could also see bigger theaters with fewer seats. Yeah. Because, and then, like, you make this, like, even the seats that, like, you push the button, it leans back. As long as, I mean, what are you going to do? Have a doctor's office paper down on the seat? There's got to be some sort of material or covering that you can do where they're still comfortable, but easy to clean. Yeah. And ideally not disposable. Yeah. Bring your own cushions. (laughs) But also people are I mean, innovating. It's not, it's not a college new, basketball game. Yeah. And people are innovating new materials all the time anyway. So that's really yeah. up to mm-hmm. some chemistry student to come up with some sort of new fabric. I'm sure it exists. Yeah. See, now I'm all of a sudden thinking of those few pictures I've seen of theaters where it's like, oh, it's cuddling theaters where it's this big hammock type seat where two people sit and you can just cuddle with each other while you watch your rom-com. And now I'm like, oh, God, burn that. Well, here's the thing. I don't necessarily have a problem with that because presumably if you're going to cuddle with someone, ideally you know them, but maybe it's just as it, maybe the swingers theater chain is a little bit different than I was. (laughs) Leave your keys at the door. (laughs) Look, it's random assigned seating. Who who you get, who you're with. You walk in, you draw a ticket stub from the bowl. You don't even know what movie you're going to. Either you're cuddling because it's really cute or you're cuddling because you ended up in Candyman. It's terrifying. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, those are those are your options, and that's what we do at Swingers Theater. Yep, everyone gets a. Oh God, I, I was gonna reference just some like the. I was gonna say a terrible snack, and it's bad. It's everyone gets a Junior Mints. I'll be over here. <laughs> <laughs> why Junior Mints? Yeah. Why, why not just put toothpaste on a cookie? <laughs> I like Junior Mints. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we might actually get into a fight over this now. You, it sounds like you just don't like mint. Look, mint is a very decisive flavor. I only like it in sweets. And also the the mint. Is this a Canada thing? No, this is a Tanner thing. Alright. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like, honestly, I feel like the, the two-person seats would be easier to clean because you eliminate an armrest. And oh, it's, yeah, that's you true. you be cleaning the entire thing at once. Like, honestly... Love seat style seating is probably better. Yeah. Like what what else can we do cuz the only thing I could think of that really would work for theaters is they got to do a full clean between screenings. So like having a longer time b- between when one movie lets out and the next movie begins, what else can we do? Uh maybe we could see the rise of longer films thus we get the old intermissions back. <laughs> Maybe, but I don't think they're going to clean to have some the same person return to the same seat. Yeah, yeah. The problem with, the problem with longer films is that the longer a film is, the less screenings they can have in a day, yeah. and so the theaters make less money, so they hate them. But what we could do instead is show the trailers in the lobbies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
instead of having the trailer be before the movie and everyone's in their seat, you have the trailers playing on a constant loop in the lobbies. The only problem is, like, you'll have to kind of specialize the trailers. Like, you're not going to have the horror movie trailers next to Trolls. Yeah. You'll have to kind of, like, separate it out. But that way you get to have people and you get to have their attention while they're in the lobby. That's all there is. And then once it's all cleaned, you use that time to clean the theater and then people can go in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm wondering if stuff like big movie marathons would continue. Like the watch all the Star Wars movies prior to the new Star Wars movie release? Yeah, or watch the three days worth of Marvels before Endgame. I think they would. I think they would love that. And I'll tell you why. If you buy a seat and you stay in that seat for three days, that's three days. They don't have to clean that seat because that seat is yours. But it is also a lot of people in the same proximity for an extended period of time. Well, are they more likely to get infected over the course of two hours? Or are they more likely to get to infect each other over the course of three days? Ah, I guess that is a good point. I I feel like what they would need to do is uh, air, fil- air filtration, just like... It, constantly like cleaning the air because ideally people aren't going to movies if they're sick but the problem with coronavirus is it's two weeks before you know you're sick that's why taking your temperature when you go into some place doesn't do shit yeah yeah so probably no more skimping on the hvac system for sure you're pretty much gonna have to get like a museum or archives quality uh hvac system Mm -hmm. i work in archives that's a big thing because like mold and other stuff that can cause problems for your materials. <laughs> yeah. And people are constantly bringing in new molds. Yep. Just in new shit all the time. Yeah, people are awful. Plins. Plins are everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, okay, so quality HVAC system, uh, previews in the lobby, good cleaning of the seats and a different, like, seating material so that it is, is easier to clean. Snacks. Like, I know before everybody went into uh, self-isolation, they were, like, wrapping up uh, utensils, but I could see the elimination of, like, food that requires utensils beyond a straw. I I can as well. Probably the same, probably the same as it is now, basically. Yeah. All popcorn and sodas. And Pre- prepackaged, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Prepackaged or finger food. A lot more hot dogs. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I like my sports. Get your theater hot dog and your theater nachos. But also oh, pizza. Theater nachos. Yeah, pizza. Pizza's always good. Yeah. The Your Dippin' Dots. Yes. <laughs> I love Dippin' Dots. It's ice cream of the future, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did a PowerPoint presentation on Dippin' Dots for social studies in middle school. Did you really? <laughs> yes. Amazing. Uh... Yeah, I kind of agree. I don't think concessions needs to change that much other than just, like, making sure it's all clean. So, like, I wouldn't have the the, the candy rack. There are certain theaters I've been to where there's a candy rack. You pick up the the bag of peanut M&Ms. Yeah. And you bring it to the counter and say, I would like to buy this, please. You all yeah. have it. You have it all be behind the counter. And then you tell them you want the peanut M&Ms. And the junior mints. Out of spite. <laughs> You can have my share. Okay, fair. Um, but yeah, what other aspects of... But again, I'm still thinking like big chain theaters. Are these the sorts of things that are going to be able to be implemented in like kind of the art house cinemas? Let's see. Um, there was a movie theater in a town that I lived in that um, the concession stand was pretty small. It was also the box office. So you pretty much have to ask for everything from them. Last time I was there, which was over a decade ago. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Yeah. It, it still might be the same. Yeah. I think the only thing that they improved from what I've seen on Google Street View was uh, they got a new, like, marquee sign. Ooh. But yeah, they're still like a, a two-screen theater. There was another theater I went to as a kid. Um... It was in a national park, and it's known as being, like, the oldest log theater in Canada. <laughs> so it's just... I feel like only Canada is going to have a log theater in general. <laughs> it was a whole thing. It was, like, built in the 30s. It's a bit of a historical site. And, yeah, it only has one screen. Yeah. Yeah. There's a... There's 
a surprisingly large number of theaters that are like that. Yeah. I could see them changing the material on the seats. I can see them being good about cleaning, but can theaters like that afford to, or is it even possible to put in a good HVAC system? Yeah. Like, or do you have to sign an agreement when you go to the theater? Come in at your own risk. Yeah. But, but that's something that kind of covers everything. But on the flip side, I feel, again, I feel like people would potentially be more comfortable in a smaller theater because there's less people as compared to a big chain theater. Even if they're only at half capacity as they were before, they're still going to have way more people than like an art house that went from 30 people to 20 people are showing. I think that's probably true. I agree with that. Yeah. And like another big picture thing is, is an earlier thing you mentioned was that you're not sure if a smaller theater could survive another four months of closure if we were to get hit by a different pandemic. But I think if you're looking that far ahead, you have to consider if a government has not adequately prepared for another one by that point, then the problem isn't with how theaters are made. The problem is with how the government's set up. Well, yeah, well, I'm in a third world country, so what are you going to do? Um, the That does bring me to one of the things that some governments, it, like this next idea I had is government related because i know it's something that places like south korea are doing where they're having like they're tracking the movements of people yeah so like going to a movie theater you would be tracked like i like you are registering i sam gash am, am attending this movie so that if i sam gash gets sick later on they can trace it possibly back to the theater and they can like signal those people go get tested go get tested now yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised that there's some apps in development that can, you put in your data, they track you, at least like where you're going, and maybe you get an alert from whatever data center collects that information, and it mm-hmm. warns you to go to the hospital, and it sends it elsewhere, but there's also so many security issues with that Yeah, one. <laughs> like, I, I get why they're tracking people, but it's such a... concerning thing to think about in terms of privacy and personal safety and even even if they say that we're only using it in emergencies like how how do you know that's the problem yeah so what you're saying is that by reviving theaters what we really need to bring back is foursquare (laughs) maybe like the the chains in our city both of them you have memberships for them so it would be very easy for you to, like, you buy the movie and you sign in with your membership and the the government doesn't automatically know you're in there, but it's something they could look at if there is an outbreak, just like how they could look at someone's phone records if they get a warrant for it. And that's the thing, like, it should be something that they need a warrant for to get your location data, essentially. So do you also think that we should take theaters and treat them like gyms, where instead of going to all the theaters in town, just based on whatever you have a theater membership and you only ever go to the one theater as opposed to any theater wherever. Well, you can have multiple theater memberships. Like, I'm pretty sure you can have multiple gym memberships. Do people do that? I d- See, I don't know if they would need to because, A, I don't go to the gym, but also a gym membership is like a monthly thing and it lets you get in, whereas a theater membership is like, when you decide to go to a movie, then you get points on the membership. I don't know, AMC Stubbs and when MoviePass was a thing, Theoret- well, not at MoviePass, I guess, but like AMC Stubbs, it's like you have a thing and you can just go to an AMC, right? What if it if it was you can go to this AMC? Hmm. Hmm. Now that's difficult in Burbank because in Burbank, uh, Los Angeles, there's four AMCs within like two city blocks of each other, <laughs> and they all have a Starbucks. Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it they could work like a library subscription. I know that some libraries, if they have the equipment to do it, can show movies and do have movie theaters attached. Mm-hmm. I don't think we do it in Regina. I know in Ottawa, like when you got your library card, uh, you had like a home library, the library that was close to where you lived. And they prefer that you go there, but you could go to other libraries all over town. Got it. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Because I agree the privacy thing would be an issue and one an issue we should try to avoid. Yeah. (laughs) But what else can we do? Other than just add pandemics to the uh, emergency texts that you get every once in a while that will wake you up at at like two in the morning because there's a tornado coming apparently. (laughs) 
what? Oh, so our phone. You know how Saskatchewan's real flat? (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) I don't know that, but go on. It's real flat and tornadoes love it. (laughs) Oh, cool. Anyway, I don't know if you guys do it, but like the government of Canada uh, with their environmental with the department, I forget what it's called, but the Ministry of You know how when you guys got the presidential alert that said the girls were fighting? <laughs> no. Well, Saskatchewan can do that basically whenever, but they reserve it for important stuff like, there's a tornado coming in, here's an amber alert, or if you went on a trip, stay at home, or we will fine you. Okay. Yeah, the, there's that's a that, that sounds like a good thing that should exist. Yeah, and it's like... <laughs> It, it's it works. A, it, it blares at you. You get a, a minor heart attack. You read it, and you're like, "Oh, a child's been kidnapped." Yeah, we just get the amber alerts if a if a kid's been kidnapped. That's yeah. all we have. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's great when it happens at one a.m. and you have like three to four cell phones in the home, and everything goes <laughs> off. My my dad barges into my room. And he's like, "What did you do?" And I'm like, "It wasn't me. It was the government." <laughs> <laughs> My phone is otherwise on silent when I sleep. Exactly. Yeah, I was gonna say, so's mine. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't have anything like that. But I mean I do know that my cell phone's tracking my every movement, so theoretically. Yeah. I know that Google that. and Samsung are very aware of where I go and what my porn habits are, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh there are large companies that know uncomf- an uncomfortable amount of uh, information about us. Yeah. I switched my web browser to Firefox. For exactly that reason, yeah. Now Google doesn't know any of my new kinks. Uh, yeah, but they're gonna they're gonna try to suggest the old ones, and pff, you're past that. <laughs> I just feel very sorry for NSA intern Steve, who has to go through everybody's search history and is just crushingly disappointed in people. <laughs> I feel like they're gonna get NSA in- the NSA intern Steve, who's into that. <laughs> <laughs> And they're going to be able to find NSA intern Steve who's into that because they know. You just get a random email. You based on everything that we've seen, you should you we've got a job for you. <laughs> Great. Couldn't you be more excited? Yeah. Why do I sound like an old school villain? Who knows? Oh, Crikey O'Reilly. Okay, so I th- now that we've reached the point where Dick Dastardly is looking up people's kinks, we probably <laughs> Reach the end of Look, our I'm rope. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, do you feel comfortable with the style of movie theaters at, with the suggestions we put forth? Theoretically, yes. We're gonna see how it goes. I mean, yeah, yeah. I generally don't know what my reaction is gonna be if I go into a crowd after work. I might just start screaming at people reflexively, but we don't have to worry about that right now. Yeah. Great times, gang. Society's doing great. Yeah. But yeah, so... If if that's ever, all the suggestions that people have... I did just get an email from NSA intern Steve, and he says that he sent us a friendship promo to play for people. So, we'll do that. In a world where people pretend to be someone else for fun, if we don't create these people, who the heck will? To teach others the joy of making characters for so many RPGs. How can there be so many games? Coming to you every Monday, the One Shot Podcast Network presents Character Creation Cast, where Ryan Bolter, Amelia Entram, and guests create characters for different role-playing games and talk about the process. Starring Character Evolution Cast, where Ryan, Amelia, and guests dive deep into tips on how to play those characters better. A what? Oh, uh, friendship promo. We we just put promos for other podcasts in for free. Oh, got it, got it, got it. I just didn't hear the words you said. <laughs> we come back from the friendship promo and then we say, Hey, Sam, where can people find you on the internet? All right. Did, oh, did now? Say that yeah, now? That was the segue. <laughs> oh, no. Did, did I ruin the segue? Did no, the segue fall off a cliff? Fine. Oh, man, I knew I should have worn a helmet before getting on this segue, which is definitely still a thing people know what it is. <laughs> No, now it's all hoverboards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I can be found on the internet. 
Uh, I'm on Twitter at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H. And uh, my podcast, Ideal Remake, is on Twitter and Instagram at Ideal Remake or on Facebook at Ideal Remake or Ideal Remake Podcast. Come on down and talk about movies with me slash the podcast. It's going to be great. Talk about stuff. Today I posted pictures about chocolate chip cookies on the Instagram. It's it's crazy. We, we don't even know. <laughs> Quality content, everybody. Uh, Lindsay, how about yourself? I can be found on Twitter at LindsayM476. It's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Notify Reboot You First, and they're pronounced NIRIF. That tracks. You can also email us at notifyrebootyoufirst at gmail.com, where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, or your hot takes about mint and chocolate together. You could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea, because we like being surprised. I mean, heck, you could even send us multiple choice like we did this week. <laughs> and hey, that turned out pretty well. Yeah. I think so. So wait, say pronounce the the podcast Twitter Twitter thing again. Mirith. Cool. So that's Canadian Pinky, right? <laughs> we made that joke a long time ago. Did you actually? No. Ah, I'm so unoriginal. No. <laughs> no, no. It's see because it was such a long time ago. Now it's a reboot of the joke. Oh yes. Ah, branding. I love it. On point. Um, you can okay. also. You can also rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I'll try and get us in there. I rated them, and you can too. Oh, sweet. I, we probably won't be able to see it, because I guess Apple won't show you reviews from outside your country. Ugh. Really? Oh, that's what it was. Oh, that makes so much more sense now. <laughs> Damn you, Apple. Anyway, not... <laughs> <laughs> not if I reboot you first as a member of the corner podcast network you can find out more about the other awesome shows we share the network with at CornerPodNet on twitter and last but not least our cover art as always is by alex aka pachu and her work can be found on ptchew.com and our theme music is done by our friend sean clake and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own and super, super duper last of all thank you so much for having me this was this was a lot of fun and thank you for coming on here so next week, we have another special guest coming from us way across the pond. And when they show up, it's time to de-evilize. You still sound Australian. <laughs> I can only do accents of places that Power Rangers has filmed. But we're going to deal with that next week. But not if we reboot you first. Bye. Bye. In 10,000 years, it's time to reboot you first. <laughs> After 10,000 years, I'm free. It's time to reboot you first. <laughs>